Coming up, do you believe in miracles? To be made a saint in the Catholic Church, you have to have four miracles. Well, this mother Satan, they could only prove three miracles, but the Pope, he just waved the fourth one. <laughs> just waved. Don't believe in miracles? Depend on them. Anyone who doesn't believe in miracles is not a realist. It would be a miracle if you didn't learn something from listening to Philosophy Talk. We got some Italian people, they got 40, 50, 60 miracles to their names. They can't get in just because they say there's already too many Italian saints. And this woman comes along with three lousy miracles. I understand that two of them was card tricks. Our guest is Peter Graham from UC Riverside. Miracles. Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're coming to you from the studios of KALW San Francisco. We continue conversations that begin at Philosopher's Corner on the Stanford campus. Philosopher's Corner is where the philosophy department is, and that's where Ken and I are both professors. Today's conversation is about miracles. Should a sane, rational person ever believe in miracles? Well, that depends on what you mean by a miracle, John. Look, the San Francisco's Giants won the World Series in 2010. By some measures, that was a miracle. Well, it had many of the hallmarks of a miracle. It was a good thing. It was unlikely. It was surprising. It was against the odds. It answered a lot of people's prayers, including mine. But it wasn't really a miracle, Ken. Not a real miracle. Real miracles involve some kind of break in the laws of nature. Something like divine intervention, or, or at least something supernatural. Yeah, I, I take your point, John. Real miracles are things like Jesus walking on water or bringing Lazarus back from the dead. Physics and biology tell us things like that just can't happen. But Jesus has these divine powers, and he can't be shackled by the laws of mere physics or mere biology. So the question we want to focus on is not whether a sane, rational person can believe in pseudo-miracles like the Giants winning the World Series, but in real miracles. Well, John, lots of people actually do believe in miracles. I mean, take people who survive cancer against all the medical odds. Uh, they sometimes regard that as a miracle, a real miracle, the kind requiring a divine intervention. Yeah, people do believe in miracles. I don't, I don't think that's going to hold our attention to try to prove or disprove that. Of course they do. They believe in all sorts of things. But should they believe in them? Does anybody really have the evidence required to accept a miracle? Okay, so what would it take to convince a reasonable person that a genuine miracle has really occurred and they ought to believe in it? Well, first they'd have to be convinced that something that was not just out of the ordinary, but really, really, really out of the ordinary had occurred. Well, that can't be quite enough, can it? Because, like, consider winning the lottery. It would be a huge, and I admit, very happy coincidence if the numbers randomly printed on my ticket by the ticket printing machine happened to match the numbers and the little balls randomly spewed out by the lottery machine. But 
that wouldn't be a miracle. I mean, that wouldn't involve a single violation of the laws of nature. No, that's true. It would involve a huge coincidence because the laws of nature working in different places, the ones in the 7-Eleven that printed out your ticket and the ones on the TV studio that spewed out the balls would have coincidentally come up with the same sequence of numbers, but every little micro of it would be uh, part of the laws of nature. You really shouldn't believe a miracle's happened unless you've ruled out all the non-miraculous alternatives, no matter how improbable they might be. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. Suppose I see you walking on water, just like Jesus. I look around. There are no hidden walkways lurking beneath the surface. You're not wearing inflatable shoes. You're not being supported by gossamer rope tied to a helicopter. You, you haven't learned to wiggle your toes so rapidly that you keep afloat. Well, then I've done my investigation. Shouldn't I then conclude that the laws of physics have been locally suspended and I'm witnessing a genuine miracle? In a word, no. It's more likely that you've missed some scientific alternative than that you've actually seen a miracle. As soon as you're tempted to think you've seen a miracle... You should stop and think again. I mean, it's physically possible that as I walk across the water, just as a random accident, the molecules under my feet bond extremely strongly for some obscure cause. And so I really travel along like I'm forming a traveling bridge. That's pretty completely improbable, but Jesus, isn't it still better than believing in a miracle? Well, John, maybe it's still better than believing in a miracle. I don't know, but I have to tell you something. Part of me actually yearns to believe in the possibility of miracles. Miracles inspire wonder and awe. I, I don't want to live in a universe devoid of wonder and awe. And is that all your cold-hearted scientific rationality promises me, a cold, dead universe? Well, not really. I mean, actually, the, the more science we have, the, the more miraculous, in some sense, things get, uh, like the modern Internet. So, in a way, science makes the universe more awe-inspiring, not less. I, I'm not really sure about that, John. We, we have to take that one up. But at any rate, there is certainly a lot to discuss here. Could a sane, rational person ever have a reason to believe in miracles? Can a coldly rational and scientifically minded person ever be inspired to wonder and awe? We talk about the miracle of consciousness, the miracle of childbirth, the miracle of life itself. But are any of these things really and truly miraculous? Good questions all, John. And to get our quest for answers started, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Ash, to talk to people who still believe in miracles, people who say they've experienced things that mere science can't explain. She files this report. This beautiful girl was deaf from birth. Oh, dear God. This is her father. And tonight, for the first time, her ear opened up, she can hear. God opened up her ears Benny Hinn is a televangelist born in Israel. He's known for his miracle crusades, where he travels the world preaching the healing power of Jesus. Will you stand and give Jesus a big shout of hallelujah? Hinn's crusades have attracted millions, but even for believers, televised miracles are a tough sell. You started to get a few charlatans coming out of the woodwork who maybe saw this as something they could cash in on. Joan Wester Anderson is a writer outside Chicago. She's written eight books on miracles. Where Angels Walk sold two million copies and became a New York Times bestseller. Anderson remembers angel hotlines where callers could talk to their guardian angels for a few minutes for a price. I was embarrassed because I was in the same business, more or less, that is bringing good news of the world to people who had forgotten about it. 
Anderson is a Catholic, and she says when she first started writing about miracles, she would ask people if they believed, and she met with a lot of skeptics. There would always be a few that rolled their eyes and thought, oh, you know, she was, she was fine until she started all of this stuff. I could just hear them on the way home, you know, talking about me maybe needing a rubber room or something. But there were always one or two people that gave me a look that told me that they knew what I was talking about. Anderson says you don't need to be Catholic to experience a miracle. Take Amy Oscar. She was working as a journalist when she was assigned a story about miracles. At first, Oscar says she did not believe. And of course, then it started happening to me. <laughs> I mean, once that happened, once, you know, you can read all the stories you want, but when you're walking down the street and, you know, you encounter this yourself, then it's a whole new ballgame. After listening to the stories of others, Oscar says she asked for a sign. Let me know this is real. And I went to get a cup of tea in the kitchen. When I came back, there was a huge white feather sitting on my keyboard. Where did it come from? Is that a miracle? I don't know. My husband wasn't home. My children were at school. It was just me and my laptop at home. I can't explain that any other way, right? Oscar wrote a book called Sea of Miracles, and she co-authors a column on the subject for a women's magazine. Oscar says she's read thousands of letters from people who claim to have experienced miracles. Stories of people being rescued at accident scenes. I've read hundreds and hundreds of these. People who appear human offer life-saving guidance, spur-of-the-moment, instantaneous um, appearances and then as soon as the EMS workers arrive, the person is nowhere to be seen and no one else has seen them. Like Amy Oscar, author Joan Wester Anderson has heard many stories from people claiming to experience a miracle. Like this one, a woman loses her husband and falls into a deep depression. She remembers how he used to bring her a flower every Friday after he cashed his paycheck. One day, this woman went for a walk. And she said she stopped, um, turned around on the corner and there, lying in the snow and slush, was a little yellow rose. And she said she picked it up and she knew that she knew that she knew that it was from her husband. Maybe the rose fell off a delivery truck. Anderson says it doesn't matter how the rose got there, just that it did. Amy Oscar also doesn't find miracles hard to believe in, in part because she sees them all around her. Do we believe in conception? The way, you know, two seeds can come together and form something that thinks. Do we believe in a seed? A little inert, little tiny dot of matter unfolding into a tree. How do we believe in that and not believe in things like synchronicity, in things like we know someone's about to call before they call? How do we believe in one and not the other? For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Ash. You can listen to the rest of this episode by purchasing it on iTunes Music. Or for unlimited listening, subscribe to our archive at philosophytalk.org.